Welcome to the C3 Calgary podcast. We're so grateful that you're a part of our family and we'd love to invite you to one of our services. To find locations, times, and more information about our church, visit our website at myc3church.ca or find us on Instagram. Enjoy the message. I'm constantly just reminded of that lately, that there really is nothing that we could ever do. There's nothing that I could ever do in my own strength or in my own words or in my own, with my own charisma or, or energy to manufacture what the Holy Spirit can do. And let me tell you, that is good news. And uh, I just believe that God has a word for every single person here this morning. And um, I, I've said this before, but you don't need a word from me today. You need a word from God. And I just believe that he wants to speak to you uh, and to encourage you through his word. Uh, my name's Sarana. If we've never had the uh, privilege of meeting before, I'm the youth pastor here, like Pastor Lauren said, at C3 Calgary. Um, I was actually in Edmonton uh, the last couple days with my friend Melissa here, and I got to speak at a youth group in Edmonton. It's a church called North Point, and uh, it was so much fun. They were doing a youth all-nighter, so they were staying up for a full 24 hours. I didn't stay the whole time. Uh, but it was just so awesome to see um, a bunch of teenagers having fun and laughing. Um, actually, probably a good majority of the students that were at this event were not uh, Christian kids. And uh, the pastor was not really apologizing to me, but she was, you know, kind of giving me the rundown before. And I said, I think that is incredible that you have a bunch of teenagers in the city who, for whatever reason, whether it's... Um, to come and meet with God or just to hang out with their friends or in the house of God, they're hearing the word of God being preached. That to me is the best news. Um, and it was so much fun. There was uh, a little over 200 students there and, and the altars were filled at the end. And um, I want to talk about a little bit more on that in a moment, but it was uh, Amazing, and, and in second service today, we have week two of Alpha. We have our students, a little over 30, who are going through Youth Alpha. Man, that's a miracle to me, and I'm, I'm so grateful for um, that course and that there are young people who are building a firm foundation in Christ. It's amazing. I want to ask you a question today. I want you to think about this, and uh, I'm sure everyone will, will have a different answer, but I want you to think about what is one thing that makes you happy? Think about it for a moment. What's one thing that makes you just really happy? There's a few things that make me happy. Uh, one thing that comes to mind is mornings. I love mornings. I love getting up early, so much so that I, I have a tattoo that says, good morning. I showed my mom, and she thought it was pretty weird. But I just love getting up in the morning. I love the idea of a new day in the sun. I love my morning coffee. I love just waking up. I normally shoot out of bed. And uh, for all of you in the, in the room here this morning, 
I could probably ask 10 different people, you know, what's something that makes you really happy? And I would probably get 10 very different answers. For the students on Friday night, I asked, you know, for some of them, for some of you in the room, it's when you get to grade 12 and you finally get to get out of your parents' house and, and work and save and, and maybe travel. And gosh, I know then I'll be happy. Maybe for some of you here today, it's I, I know once I start that business and I, and I get to where I want to I go, I'll, I'll, I'll be happy. Maybe for some of you, it's when you finally get a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Maybe if I wasn't married to the person I'm married to, I know for sure I'd be happy. Maybe it's getting to X amount of dollars or having your dream home, whatever it is. Man, finally, I know then I will be happy. And you're probably waiting for me to tell you now that, no, it's really only God that can make you happy, but I actually don't think that's true. Maybe that's not what you're expecting me to say. I actually think that God loves the things that make us happy. Man, the things that make you smile, that make you light up, and for some of you that could be writing, it could be painting, it could be creating, it could be when you're playing sports, it could be when you're with friends, it could be when your mom makes your favorite meal, it could be the Christmas season. I believe that God loves the things that make you happy. Why? Because God is the one who took the time to create you. The Bible says that he formed us in our mother's womb. He had every day of our lives written in his book before we even took our first step, before we even took our first breath. So yeah, I believe that God loves the things that make you light up because he is the one who made you. He knows you. He breathed breath into your lungs. He created you and me with our unique personalities Strengths, weaknesses, likes, dislikes. I'll never forget, I got a, my first Kate Spade purse when I was mm, maybe 14 or 15. Kate Spade is a brand. Some of you are like, who's that? What is that? And uh, I, I just, I don't know why I had this fascination with Kate Spade. And my mom got me one for my birthday. And it um, had my initials engraved on it. And I just thought, like, this is it. I've I've arrived. And um, I, I put it away and found that purse maybe three years ago, three or four years ago, and um, had this moment where I felt like God didn't really know me. And I felt God ask me, encourage me to... Um, to do something that felt kind of weird inside this purse. There's this little marketing thing that they do where you open it up and you, you take out this piece of paper and it says 25 things that, I forget the person's name, but Sharon loves, whatever her name was. And it was 25 things and it was this cute thing like dancing in the rain, the smell of fresh library books. Whoever this person was, I, I don't know. And, and I remember God saying to me, I want you to do that. 
And I remember I sat in my room and I wrote down like maybe 15, 20 things that I love that were really special to me and that I enjoyed. I remember just crying and the whole time God saying to me, I know that about you because I created you. I know that those things are special to you. And I love that those are things that make you happy. And it was this revelation of, man, I am known and loved and seen by the creator of the universe on a personal level. I, I believe that God loves the things that make you happy. So many different things that make us happy in this room today, but only one thing that brings us joy. And that is only found in the presence of Jesus. The title of my message today is called Inside Out. Everybody say Inside Out. We uh, are reading from the book of Psalms today. And um, I'm sure some of you have read from the book of Psalms before, but if you don't, if it's new to you, um, the book of Psalms is really cool. It's full of 150 uh, poems, songs, prayers, all written by a few different authors. Some of them are anonymous. We don't know who wrote them, but 73 of them are written by a man named King David. And we're going to be looking at Psalm 16 today. And they're going to put it up uh, on the screen in just a moment. I, I, I really believe that God wants to speak to some people in this room today. On Friday night, the altars were filled at the end. And the response was for, for anyone who felt like they didn't have joy. They had lost their joy. And for some, it was debilitating anxiety. It was sleepless nights. Whatever it was, they were standing at the front and they did not have joy and they were desperate to get it back. And we were driving back to our hotel and, and Melissa said to me, man, that was awesome, but it also kind of makes me a bit sad that I stared at a bunch of teenagers who, man, they're 14, 15, 16 years old, and they don't have joy? What? Like that? It breaks my heart. And, um, you know, I don't have to tell you that so many people, not just teenagers, are wrestling with, like, anxiety that does debilitate people. And the thought of being joyful is not even possible because people are consumed with their anxiety. And they walk around every day Forget being joyful, they're just trying to make it through. And for some of you today, I believe that God will invite you into an opportunity to take a step. Maybe that means or looks like asking for help, seeing a counselor. 
I believe that God put doctors, pastors, people, practical things to help us on this journey with our emotions, with our mental health. But for some of you today, I believe that God actually wants you to walk out of this place and leave behind a heaviness and an anxiety that you've been carrying and walking with for too long. And I just refuse to believe and accept the narrative that everyone's just going to be anxious forever and sad and that just is what it is. Not on my watch. I will not see the teenagers in this church carry anxiety that they do not have to carry and walk with the sadness and wear it like it's their clothing and carry it around like a suitcase. And I believe that God has the same for you today. He wants to give you joy in exchange for anxiety, peace in exchange for sleepless nights. He wants to give you a touch from the presence of the most high God that can set you free in a moment. And it will look different for everybody. For some, it's a journey. For some, it is a moment. But don't you ever accept that you're meant to live a life that is just, you're doomed to sadness and you're doomed to anxiety or depression. I don't believe that's what God has for you. You can put that scripture up on the screen, but let's, um, let's pray together first. God, we love you and we just believe that you are who you say you are. We thank you for the power in your word, God. We thank you and we believe today that your word is the infallible, unchanging word of God. And we thank you today that you have a fresh word for each person here, every family. God, I thank you that you know and see every single person in the room today on a deep level, that you know them, that you created them. And you want to set people free today. And only you can do that, Jesus. So come and have your way. Would you speak to us? In Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, uh, we're reading from Psalm 16. This is in the message translation. Some of you are like, ah, the message. I promise you'll survive. <laughs> it says, keep me safe. Actually, why don't we stand together as we read? It says, keep me safe, O God. I've run for dear life to you. I say to God, be my Lord. Without you, nothing makes sense. And these God-chosen lives all around, what splendid friends they make. Don't just go shopping for a God. Gods are not for sale. I swear I'll never treat God names like brand names. Ooh. My choice is you, God, first and only. And now I find I'm your choice. You set me up with a house and a yard, and then you made me your heir. The wise counsel God gives when I'm awake is confirmed by my sleeping heart. Day and night I'll stick with you. I've got a good thing going, and I'm not letting go. I am happy from the inside out. 
And from the outside in, I'm fully formed. You canceled my ticket to hell. That's not my destination. Now you've got my feet on the life path, all radiant from the shining of your face. Ever since you took my hand, I'm on the right way. So good. You can be seated. You know, what I love about David is if you've, you know, heard of David before, you probably know him for fighting Goliath, which is such an incredible story, but what I really like about David is that he's super relatable. He did fight a giant, and it's an incredible story, um, but back it up to the beginning of his life. He was just a shepherd boy. He was the youngest sibling in the family, and um, it says that he wasn't really often picked first for much. He wasn't perhaps thought of as the first choice or I would think maybe he could have struggled with feeling like, man, why, why aren't I ever chosen? Does anybody ever notice me? Maybe you can relate to how David could have been feeling. And so I love the Psalms and his honesty in how he writes. And this whole Psalm, um, this one in particular, is this one of... Um, this joyful confidence in the Lord. My first point today, if you're taking notes, is a simple one. It's that joyful people are grateful people. I, uh, I didn't grow up in church. Um, I'm sure many of you have heard me mention that before. Um, but now I genuinely look forward to going to church every Sunday. I look forward to being in the house of God, to being at youth, to my small group. Uh, but if I could just be honest, we're all friends here. Sometimes I think that Christians are a little too serious, some. Like you ever meet someone who is a Christian and you're like, my goodness, don't you smile a little bit? Some people, and myself included, we forget that it is the good news of the gospel, not the bad news. I know that there are times we need to be serious, but man, I'm convinced if people would laugh a little, it would change their worlds. Do you know that laughter can reduce blood pressure? It can reduce anxiety. When we laugh, we actually move 12 muscles in our face. And when we talk and laugh at the same time, that number increases to 84 muscles. And actually, I work in the makeup skincare world part-time as well. And so it is said that laughter can reduce wrinkles in your face as you age. It's a pretty good benefit if you ask me. So why don't we all just, you know, try it for a moment. The talking and the laughter. Talk and laugh amongst yourselves. Give it a shot. It's a little pathetic, but we'll take it. I'm not saying we need to ignore what's going on in the world around us, but some of us are watching Netflix for 72 hours a day, and we're wondering why we're not feeling so joyful. You know that what we consume and what we allow into our minds massively impacts our emotions, how we feel physically. I'll even go as far to say the food we eat, what we consume, all of those things play a part in 
how we feel. Now, I know it's not always that simple, but the simple principle of what we allow to fill our minds on a day-to-day basis, we got to recognize that massively affects our emotions, everything about how we do our day-to-day lives. I believe that joyful people are grateful people. And I challenge you, if you just spend two minutes at the beginning of your day telling God what you're grateful for, man, just watch how you feel. Watch how it changes your day, how it changes the way you converse with people. And be specific. I came home the other day, or I woke up the day after getting back from a vacation a couple weeks ago, and I had so much laundry, I was like, just stared at it for like five minutes. I don't know if you ever do that. My house was a mess. And I was thinking about all the things I had to do. And I felt like God stopped me in my tracks. And I looked at my suitcase that was full. And it was like God reminded me like that suitcase is full. And you have all that laundry because you spent time with people. And you did some things. And you laughed. And then I started to remember all the things that I did when I wore those clothes that are now dirty and it feels like a task. And somehow all those things that I could have been grateful for felt like a weight. Do you ever feel like that? Spend two minutes at the beginning of your day. God, thank you for my health. Do you know not everyone has the privilege of waking up and saying, man, I'm healthy God, thank you that I have breath in my lungs today. God, thank you for my family. Thank you for my friendships that I have people to laugh with. God, thank you for my country. God, thank you that I get to live in the nation of Canada. God, thank you for my teachers. God, thank you for my boss. I bless him today. God, thank you for my favorite cereal, whatever it is. Be specific. The little things, the big things. Why? Because joyful people are grateful people. It is simple, but it is revolutionary, and it is undervalued and not done nearly enough to God, to each other. Joyful people are grateful people. My second point today is that you can find joy in the turbulence. David found joy in the turbulence. He did not always have it easy. I really don't like kites. I've never liked kites. I will avoid them if I can at all costs. And so when I'm on the plane, if I can, I try and sit in the aisle seat so I don't have to look out the window. I I just want to get through the flight. But when there's turbulence, just take me now, Lord. I'm like ready to go be with Jesus. I'm convinced we're going down. I've gotten the practice of doing this thing where if there's turbulence, I will just look at the flight attendant. I will, I will look at the flight attendant's face. I don't care who I have to like lean on, what I have to do to make sure that I can see her face. Why? Because I'm pretty sure if we were going down, she would be showing some sort of panic. So... Normally, their face is quite unbothered for the most part. And so if she's okay, I I know that likely I'm okay. 
to? Where do your eyes go when things get a little bit turbulent? Whether you like it or not, your attention and your focus goes somewhere. When life gets a little bit tough, when you experience some pain, when you experience loss, when you experience disappointment, I want you to think about it for yourself. Where do your eyes go? Where do you look? When things get a little bit turbulent, which guess what? They will get a little bit turbulent. I had a friend a few years ago who was one of the most joyful people I had ever met. And I remember he got a phone call. We were all hanging out with a bunch of us friends, and he got a phone call that his mom passed away suddenly. And nobody really knew what to say. And this guy got down on his knees. This is the weirdest thing. I've never seen anything like it. And started to worship. And everyone who was standing around began to just cry because that's not normal. I'm not saying that he wasn't feeling pain. He wasn't experiencing the depth of the loss of losing his mom. Gosh. But I'm willing to bet that he had put some practices in his life that when things got turbulent in his world, that his eyes were fixed on Jesus. It didn't take away from the pain and the loss, but his immediate response was to fall to his knees and worship God. He may not have had the words or a certain prayer to pray that was articulate and well-crafted, but he knew his only hope was to look to the only one who could give him hope, who could give him joy, who could give him peace in the deepest place of pain. Jesus doesn't promise an easy life, but he promises to be with us, to never let go of our hand, to walk with us in the deepest valleys and on the highest mountaintops. He will never leave you or forsake you, but it is your choice to lift your eyes off of what's going on around you, no matter how hard it gets, and to fix them on Jesus, the one who does not change, who is a firm foundation who will uphold you when you don't have strength, who in your weakness is strong, who will give you a joy that does not make sense. It is not the power of positive thinking. It is not saying a few things like this thing that's so popular right now of Positive thinking, and I get it, it's real, but positive thinking is not the same as the power and hope and spirit of God that fills you when you fix your eyes on him. It's not the same. There is joy and can be joy in the turbulence when we fix our eyes on Jesus. I'm going to invite... The, the keys up, if that's okay, my girl Talitha. My final point this morning 
is that joy comes from the inside out. David says, I'm happy from the inside out, and from the outside in, I'm fully formed. You know, whether you know it or not, we all worship something, and we know that we become like what we worship. We think of the idols in old Bible times, and we talked about this at Youth on Friday night, and, you know, we think of the golden calves, and they said, yeah. But there are some idols in our world and in our life today, too, right? Some of those even good things that we talked about at the beginning. I want to ask you one last question today. I want to ask you, what is in your God spot? Some of you are like, Serena, what is a God spot? Well, the best way that I could explain it is like this. Another thing I don't like, in addition to turbulence and heights, apparently I'm sharing all the things I don't like today, is puzzles. To the core of my being, I don't like or enjoy or understand why people like doing puzzles. Nonetheless, my siblings love puzzles, and so occasionally you will find me at the dinner table doing a puzzle because I love them. I'm a little on the impatient side. Those of you who know me know that. And I'll normally get to the point, you know, you've been working on one of those like a thousand piece puzzles and there's some spaces left, I'm like, donezo at this point. <laughs> and there's a hole in the puzzle. And this is what I'll normally do. This is true. I'll just take whatever piece and I'll put it in the hole and I'll just. <laughs> I said, we, we finished the puzzle. But really, we know that there is only one piece that was meant to fit in that spot. There was actually, out of all those pieces, only one piece that was carved out to fit in that space. But I sometimes would get a little impatient, and I, I would... It's the same with us. There is a hole carved by the one who made you. And the only person who fits perfectly in that hole and in that spot and in that space is Jesus. You can try if you want to with sports, with friends, with career, with money. I'm not saying these things are bad things. But the moment you try and fit something in your God spot that can only be filled by King Jesus, it will never fit. 
You could have the most money. You could hit every goal you've ever wanted to work towards. You could marry the perfect spouse. You could buy your dream home. You could travel the world. You could do it all. And I promise you, you will be empty. If there is something in that God spot that is not Jesus himself. Anything in that God spot that is not God becomes what? An idol. I heard a podcast this week and it defined codependency as the need for something outside of ourselves to make us happy. And that could be with a person, but it also could be with a paycheck or career, any of those things that we have talked about. Desire becomes idolatry when something substitutes God. I want to ask you today, what's in your God spot? I want to pray for some people in a moment. Because I believe that prayer changes things. And for some of you today, God is whispering to you and showing you, you know what? You have a good thing in a place that can only be filled by me. And that's nothing to feel shame about, but it's actually an opportunity for us to recognize and say, God, would you take that thing off the throne of my heart and replace it with you? And that's something we can do on the daily. God, is there anything in me that I've tried to shove in that God spot, that I've tried to make fit, that I've convinced myself will make me happy? God, would you let it come crumbling down? For some of you today, like I said, maybe you've walked through a really heavy season and you can't even remember what it feels like to feel joy. Maybe the Holy Spirit's speaking to you. Maybe he has for a while and this is your confirmation that you need to ask for help. You need to ask for help. And then for others of you in the room today, Maybe you haven't felt joy and you're not even sure why. I believe God wants to break that off of you today and that you're gonna walk out of this room feeling lighter, in freedom, with peace and a joy that does not make sense and your situation may not change immediately. Maybe you are going through a deep valley of pain and loss and heartache but if you let him, God will fill you with a joy in that place that does not make sense. Why don't we all stand together? And I'm gonna invite the prayer team to come forward. For some of you, it might feel like when you've been inside with the curtains closed, you ever been inside with the curtain closed? on a beautiful sunny day and you're kind of in the dark for whatever reason, maybe you're working or whatever and you 
open your front door, you open the blinds and the, and the light comes in and you're like, oh my gosh. When you step outside and you feel, you look up and it's like the sun on your face or the feeling of springtime. We're walking into the physical season of spring today. And for some of you, you're gonna step into a season of joy that you have not felt in a long time. So in a moment, I'm gonna give you an opportunity to come forward and then I'm gonna pray. Pastor Lauren will come up and close the service. God has a life for you that is one filled with joy, filled with peace. He has a plan for your life. He wants to give you your expectancy back for your future. Some of you don't even have hope for tomorrow, let alone your career, let alone vision for your family. I believe today that God wants to restore joy back into your world. And we create this opportunity for response because sometimes God asks us to take a step of faith towards him. And if you let someone stand with you in prayer, it's powerful. So wherever you fall in any of those categories or anything I even haven't mentioned, man, but you need a touch from the God of joy today. I'm just gonna invite you to come forward. And I'm gonna give it a moment, not because we wanna embarrass anybody. Man, I just want someone to stand with me and agree for joy to be returned. I'm not really sure why but I need joy back in my life. I need a peace that surpasses understanding. We're gonna leave these altars open. I'm gonna close in prayer, but don't miss an opportunity to respond today and receive what God has for you. So Father, we thank you this morning, that you are restoring joy, that you are giving joy in exchange for anxiety. You're giving peace in exchange for depression. You are lifting sadness, lifting the heavy yoke, and giving the lightness and promise of your spirit. And so today, for those who came forward and even those who did not, God, I thank you that you are breathing the breath of heaven into them. And we thank you, God, that it is the joy of the Lord that can be our strength. So we fix our eyes today on you, Jesus, in whatever season that we find ourselves in. We give you all the honor and the glory and the praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Saran. Wasn't that sensational? See? Such a great word. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and check out our C3 Calgary live stream on YouTube.
If this message resonated with you and you'd like to give to our church, you can do so on our website at myc3church.ca. See you next week.